the waters part one. Today, the first waters that we're talking about in the Bible is in the creation story, in the creation story. And so I know that water can be an issue for many. You know, some people are afraid of the water. They're afraid to jump in the water. They're afraid to go out on the water on a boat. Uh, one time I was in the Philippines. I was, I was doing an internship in college and I got on a boat and with the mentor missionary that I was with and we were about to go in, out into some islands that had no electricity. And guess what my mentor missionary does? We're, on the, we're literally on the boat. We're about to take off going into, for me at 21 years old, uncharted waters. And he's like, you know what? I really need to go to Manila right now and get my computer fixed. And so he got off the boat and left. And so here I am with the team that's going out and I kind of feel I wasn't all by, all by myself, but you know, the guy that was with me kind of left. And, and so I was going out into uncharted waters and we had to cross the water to get to where God wanted us to go. On that trip, everything went wrong. You know, we're, we're having to get out in the water with canoes and get our sound equipment to the shore. And as I'm walking through rice paddies, I fell in the mud and I was literally covered head to toe in mud. And water just seemed to be a problem at every turn on that trip. When me, I've taken my family deep sea fishing, you know, we, we even popped the Dramamine and we still all get sick, right? And so it's like you pay all this money to go deep sea fishing and then you fall asleep on the boat. It's like, that's not very cool. You know, water, it makes all kinds of problems. Some of you just recently, your, your houses have flooded with all this rain. A few weeks ago, and I saw they were fixing it the other way, I was trying to get on 275, and the road right, right over here was covered with water. And so what do I do? I pull over and let somebody go first, <laughs> right? And this car that was about the same level as mine, they just plowed right through. And so what do I, what do, I do? I hit the gas, and I plow right through behind them. But water, it kind of makes you apprehensive, and it can cause some huge problems. And so multiple times in scripture where water stands in the way of God's next step for people, God does something about it. And sometimes it feels like there's always something in the way, right? When it comes to your next step in life. Maybe you want to buy a house. Well, I got to get a down payment. Maybe you want to fix it up. Well, I got to save some money. Or maybe you like, um, you know, it's in your relationships. It's like, well, if my spouse would just fill in the blank, everything, you know, there's always seemed to be a barrier. Maybe you're one of those people that every, the answer to everything is the man. The man's just holding me back, whoever the man is, right? Or there just always seems to be circumstances popping up that set you back. Maybe it's sickness. You know, and the, the, the water in your path that just seems to be getting in the way is, man, you just can't get past a sickness or a trouble. But here's the deal. When we read stories like we're going to read over the next five weeks in God's word, you know, it's, it's amazing to think that God did it. But we kind of get uncomfortable with big miracles. And maybe we don't always phrase it like that, but we don't know what to do with them because we see that God did it then. But what about my life now? But I wanna encourage you as we go through this series, God might not park the little Miami for you. Why? Because somebody built a bridge over it, right? And you know, you might not go out in your backyard and see the pool, you know, just, just part into, and you get to walk across the pool all 20 feet on dry land. But 
When you look at these big miracles in God's word, they are one way that we can get a glimpse of a God who is so much bigger than our understanding, than our strength, than our dreams, or any other obstacle or anything that we face in life. And so sometimes we look at these things that happen in God's word and you're like, God, why don't you ever do that for me? God, why can't you just completely remove this obstacle from my path? But I would say that's probably not the, the underlying timeless principle that we need to take away from each one of these stories. What we need to see is that God is able. God is able. And when we keep following him, he's going to get us through the waters, sometimes in different ways, sometimes in ways that we don't see, but he's going to get us through. Another thing we see in scripture is that anything worth doing will be uphill through an obstacle or will face opposition. Can I get an amen? Anything worth doing is going to come with some obstacles. And so it takes courage to proceed. And so this is going to be a five-week series. Um, and the last four weeks, every week after today of this series, will il illustrate that courage is needed. And there's going to be people in the story. Today is probably the only time, that, or it is the only time during the series that, you know, it's just God. It's just Him. And there's no characters in the story yet. But today we're going we're gonna to start at the very beginning and lay a foundation for why God can take you through the waters and into the life that he's planned for you. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want to be able to keep going no matter what the obstacles, no matter what happens. I want to keep going and not get stopped by some random obstacle in my life that wants to keep me from God's best. And so the first thing that we see when we crack open Genesis chapter 1, and just a spoiler alert, it says in the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so right there at the very beginning, the first thing that we see, number one, it's in your notes, on your sheet, it's in the app that you can pull it out. But Genesis 1, 1 and 2 says, we see that without God's word, our lives are unshaped, unformed, undeveloped, and unfinished. Without God's word, our lives are unshaped, unformed, undeveloped, and unfinished. And now let's unpack that. Genesis 1, 1 through 2 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, underline these words, was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of creation, the surface of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So this is a description of creation, but it's and what, what the state of the world was like before God began to create, but it's also a perfect description of our lives before Christ. Maybe your life right now, maybe your life right now feels formless, Maybe it feels empty if you're new to church, if you're just kicking the tires, if, if you're seeking, if you're looking for answers and, and, and you're just like, this is like you're, you're, you're throwing the, the life raft out and you're just hoping it, it, it hooks onto something. Maybe you came to church because you just, maybe you're online today watching with this and you're just like, man, I'm just looking for answers. Why? Because I feel formless, purposeless, 
empty. My life feels so dark. Good news. The Spirit of God is hovering over the waters of your life today, and He is about to speak. Just pause right there. Today, you know, if you're new to church, you might not know this, but this today marks a, a, a landmark on kind of the church calendar. And it marks the day of Pentecost. And this is the day where, um, I, I believe it's 50 days after the resurrection, when, when the, the 120 of the believers and the disciples, they were in the upper room and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this, this marks the day when God's Spirit began to reside in people. How cool is that? And so when I say today that in the beginning, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, it was hovering over um, the, the, the earth, and, and it was formless and empty and dark. If your life feels that way today, you can be sure that there is a promise that the Spirit of God no, no longer was to hover around your life, just drawing you in. No, He wants to be with you and in you and reside in you. And it can happen. Amen? So one, um, one commentator said it like this in describing you know, this unshaped, unformed world. He said it was hanging in space. Unshaped, unformed, undeveloped, and unfinished. The face of the whole earth was covered with surging, raging, primeval, I love that word, primeval waters. And a heavy, dense fog or a mist hung over the waters. The earth was also wrapped in a blanket of pitch black darkness. I just love those descriptors, descriptors because it gives a picture of what our life can really feel like at sometimes, right? Now, if you've met Christ, if you've come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and you've began a relationship with him, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to imagine my life without Christ because I've been serving him for a while. Why? Because I see things so much clearer now. I see things from his perspective. He's began to rewire my heart and my mind and how I see the world. And I, I see things less and less from my perspective and more and more from his. Now, do I still struggle? Absolutely. Do I get it wrong sometimes? Absolutely. But by the grace of Jesus Christ, I have a different outlook and a, and a different uh, way of seeing things now. Because he says I'm a new creation. And grace has changed my perspective. I don't get offended as much. I have more peace. I have more joy. I have more love. I have less anxiety. I have more purpose. I have mission. And I, I feel a sense of light in my life, right? If you haven't met Christ, many times, the listen, the disorder of life seems like order. What is normal in this world feels so normal to you that when you are encountered with another truth or another way of doing things, you're like, no, this is totally normal. Have you ever walked into somebody's house and it is just a royal mess like mine is sometimes, right? And, but it doesn't seem to bother them. But to you, you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you, you, you quickly notice that that person, even in the disorder of their home, 
they know where everything is. And there's piles everywhere, and they're like, oh, I know where that is, and they go and find it. And you think to yourself, how in the world, in the midst of all this disorder, did you know where anything was? Well, that's just a great picture of, you know, when your life is in disorder and you don't know Christ yet, you don't quite know what you're missing because the disorder feels like order. The disorder feels like order. And, and, um, and so you kind of get used to this, this state of your life being formless. There's no intentional purpose. It's just like I'm just doing what everybody else is doing. My life is kind of being paved for me. It, it is somewhat self-centered. I'm taking the form of my surroundings instead of being formed by God's word. Because remember, this just described the state of the world before God spoke. The next thing is your life might feel empty without Christ. No matter how much you chase power or prestige or pleasure, nothing satisfies. Have you been there? You're just kind of at your wit's end. You're like, I've tried it all and just nothing quite feels right. For some of you, that's the express reason why you're sitting in your seat today or why you tuned in online. What about your life is dark? Your life is dark. Sometimes you even surprise yourself by how dark your thoughts get and the thoughts that you think. And it's like, ah, I can't even believe I just thought that. And even though it's God's very word that brought life and shape and form and purpose. Many times as people, we despise God's word with our actions and think we know better. And instead of leave this point of formlessness and emptiness and darkness, we would rather just sit in it. We'd rather just stay where we're at. And you see this in the lives of people that hear the gospel and hear about Christ and still just think, oh, that's foolishness. That's crazy. And our world has, has a problem right now. It always has, but man, it, it's, it's got it bad these days that, that when you speak the truth of God's word, people are so quick to dismiss, so, so quick to set it aside as something that is old and archaic and out of touch. But listen, we say things like, it's an old book. People say things like, things are different now. People say things like, well, they just didn't understand things back then like we understand them now. We've got all this science, we have all this understanding, we have all these years under our belt. And the created try to tell God how they were created. Am I the only one that that just seems a little backwards? Listen, the world, when God first looked upon it, was formless and dark and empty. And it's the same with your life. And if we could have fixed ourselves on our own, we would have done it already. We are broken without him. We're broken. And let me just tell you today, the advancement of man, no matter if, if and, and Elon Musk, God bless me, even if he puts somebody on Mars you know, and, he, and he builds spaceships and goes to outer space, whatever. The advancement of man will never bring life like God's word did in 
the beginning. Never. Some of us think, oh man, we're just doing amazing and sometime we're gonna crack the code and things are just, and we're, we're gonna have all the answers to life and, and we can fix anything. Nope. It's never gonna happen. We will never evolve to a state of consciousness or understanding so great that we are able to bring purpose to our own lives on our own. Let that sink in. You, I, the world, no matter how smart they are, no matter how much anybody thinks they know, will never evolve to a state of consciousness or understanding so great that you're able to bring purpose to your life on your own. We need God's word. Just like in the beginning, in Genesis 1 and 2, the, the earth was formless, dark, empty, and nothing was going to happen without God's word. It's the same in your life and mine. This is why in John 6, 68, Peter, a bunch of people were leaving Jesus. Yes, Jesus. People left him too, even though he was perfect, even though he died for the sins of all, my, all mankind, even though he was amazing in every way, people left him. And so a bunch of people were leaving Jesus and, and Jesus looked in his disciples in the, in the eyes and said, are you going to leave me now too? And what did Peter say? He said, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. Peter in that one statement summarized, God, where would I go and find what I found in you? Where would I go to find purpose for my life and not feel so empty? Where in the world would I go to get away from the darkness that plagues me? Who do we have but you? You have the words that give eternal life. And so number one, without God's word, our lives are unshaped, unformed, undeveloped, and unfinished. Thankfully, God didn't leave us like that or the world like that. And so number two, what do we see? We see that God puts things in order. God puts things in order. Verse six, then God said, let there be a space between, between the waters to separate the waters of the earth from the water, waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. Just underline that. I love that because it, it says this over and over. God speaks and guess what? That happened. Love it. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called this space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Now, I know it's hard for us to imagine, and especially in some other translations of God's word, depending on what, which one that you regularly read, you know, the language can be really confusing. And they use words like firmament, and, um, and sometimes they calls it the heavens, and it's just kind of hard to understand what is happening here. But that's why I really love this translation, because it says a space, right? It says a space, but, but before this moment, what the, another word that we would use for this is atmosphere. The atmosphere did not exist. Everything was somehow all in one, and the atmosphere didn't exist. There was no separation between the ground and outer space. Let me translate that for you. There was no place for you and I to exist. There was no place for you to be. There was no place for you to stand or live. 
But when God spoke, that's what happened. You and I now had an atmosphere where we could breathe, live, and thrive. H.C. Leupold, um, he's a great uh, Lutheran theologian, and he was a Hebrew scholar. He said that the word firmament or atmosphere, and in Hebrew it was ragia, it comes from the Hebrew root that means to hammer or to spread out. To hammer or to spread out. And so once God had spoken, nothing could stop the atmosphere from coming into being. And order... Being, being put in place so that you had a place to thrive and live and breathe. And so the question for us today, when if God is putting things in order, if when God speaks, he creates a place for us to exist and to thrive, then what is God trying to put in order in your life? What is he trying to hammer out? I love that just mental picture that God is, is hammering things out. He's He's making things smooth. He's, he's, he's putting things in order. How is he trying to create an atmosphere for you to thrive? How's he doing it? You see, when God speaks, he wants to create a way through. And so when we are forced to go through things or we're faced with something that is challenging or daunting or necessary, God's word can and this is a big can. It can put us right where we belong if we let it. If we let it. And so at this point in creation, you know, no one or nothing had a choice. God was speaking and it was happening. Don't you kind of wish it was like that now? That God just spoke and it just happened and he absolutely can. But here's, here's where the plot clots. Here's where the rub comes in. The rest of creation didn't have a choice. God spoke and there was light. God spoke and the atmosphere all of a sudden existed. God spoke and things happened. We are the only part of creation that has a choice. We are the only thing that God created, human beings, that have to choose to submit to God's word. And so the question isn't, can God put things in order? Because we look at our lives and we see all this chaos. We see families falling apart. We see, um, you know, addiction. We see brokenness. We see just, frankly, chaos sometimes, right? And so the question isn't, can God put things in order? Because sometimes we cry out to God and we say, God, why don't you do something about all this? His power is not in question, though. The question comes in, will we submit to the order that God is speaking? Will we submit to God's word? Because God puts things in order. But you got to remember, God gave you and me as humans the choice as to whether or not we will submit to that order. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this. It says, all scripture. Everybody say all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So what is that telling us? That God spoke, he's given us his word, and it's useful. So many people now discard the word of God as, oh, that's just old school thinking. Oh, that's so outdated. But God's word says it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. 
It corrects us when we are wrong. Ouch. And teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And so if that's true, and if God's word has the power to create the very atmosphere that we live, and God's word has the power to give us an environment to thrive, then the question really comes down, am I willing to submit to God's word in my life? Listen, the two most important questions that you will ever answer in your entire life. Two questions. What am I going to do with Jesus? Who you say Jesus is, is the most important thing about you. Most important thing. Most important thing. The second most important thing, I believe, is do you believe that God's word really is God's word? Do you believe it's perfect? Do you believe it's timeless? Do you believe that it really is God's life manual, his love letter, whatever you want to call it, put in your hand to teach you what is right, to lead you away from what is wrong, and to set you in an atmosphere where you can thrive? Most important questions you could ever ask yourself. Who's Jesus? Is he really God? Is he really the son of God? Did he really die on a cross for you? Did he really rise again on the third day? Does he really want to be Lord of your life? Is he really worth submitting to and, and, and just surrendering to and saying, your will, not mine? And then is this really God's word? Now we as a church, we believe it is. We believe it's our guidebook, it's our standard, it's, it's the ultimate word for our life. And without God's word implemented into our life, our life will be chaotic, just like creation was before God spoke. But if you believe that God's word really is God's word, that it really is timeless, that it really is your word for today, then the same power that spoke life into being then can be putting things in order in your life now. Amen. So I want to encourage you, if things are a little out of order in your life, don't blame God. Ask God for greater wisdom to implement his word into your life because his word always brings order. Number three, what else do we see? When God spoke in Genesis and made the waters go where, they, where he wanted them to go. In Genesis, we see that God makes the right things appear. He makes the right things appear. Genesis 1, 9 through 10, it says, Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. Love it. That's what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas, and God saw that it was good. Maybe you've heard me talk before about, um, you know, I like to swim. And so I began going to swimming uh, to a group and, and being coached by a swimming coach. And one of the first things that my coach told me, he said, Joe, us humans, we weren't made to live in the water. And I'm like, no, duh, I can't breathe underwater. That totally makes sense. And he's like, that's how we have to learn how to best and most efficiently move through the water because it's not natural for us. And, um, and frankly, we just weren't made for it. 
And so swimming is something we can learn to do, but we are not that efficient, right? Well, I'm no dolphin. Uh, I'm no flipper. Uh, sometimes you kind of wish you were. You know, anybody watch that flipper, flipper show growing up? Man, I'm like, I love that. I want to grab the fin. I want to fly around. I don't want to do a little just 20, sec, 20 minute session at SeaWorld. I want to have my own dolphin. That would be amazing. But even if I had a dolphin, I'm still not created for the water. I'm not. You and I, we belong on dry ground. Your life needs a firm foundation. We serve the Lord of creation. And so he's the only one that can provide it. Just like in, in, um, in Genesis, if God didn't speak, the water's not going to go where it's supposed to go. If God didn't speak, you're not going to have the firm foundation to stand on. If God didn't speak, then everything kind of stays chaotic. But when God speaks, the right things go into place and you've got a firm foundation. Last summer, to, you know, and I, I maybe told you about this, but my family, we went to camping in the Smokies and we're feeling real ambitious and we're for the first time, we're going to stay in tents for 10 nights. 10 nights in tents at a campground that had no showers. And so our only option was to run down to the freezing cold mountain stream that's flowing out of the Smokies and take a dip. It was cold, right? And it was going amazing. But on the ninth night or the 10th night, I can't even remember what, it, we were out to dinner and we came back and it had been raining so hard that all of our stuff was swamped. So you know what Jolie says? I'm not staying another night. <laughs> and so in the dark, at 9 p.m., we're rolling up tents, everything wet, we don't care where it goes, just get it in the car. Everything goes in the car and we hit the road at 9 something p.m. to drive five, and a, five hours back to Milford. Pull into our driveway at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning walk in, get in a dry bed. It's like, this is where we belong. <laughs> right? Thank you, Jesus. Air conditioning, dry sheets, cleanliness. Hallelujah. Sometimes, though, we get a little self-sufficient and we forget that if God doesn't speak, the right things don't appear. He knows what you need before you need it. And yet sometimes we disregard his word. But when we listen to God's word and we submit to it, he's gonna make the right things appear. He's gonna make the right friends appear. He's gonna make the right leaders appear in your life. He's gonna, write, he's gonna make the right mentors appear in your life. Guess what? He's even gonna make the right life group appear in your life. Did you get that shameless plug right there? Get in a group. You need to be in a group. Now I understand there's seasons and summer might not be the best time, so get in one in fall, but hey, if you can, if you're able, get in a group. If the only reason you're not doing it is just, oh, I just, I'm just tired and don't feel like it, um, it's probably not the best reason. Get in a group. You need people, they need you. But God is so good, he'll move aside the chaos of your life, he'll tell the waters where they need to go so that your life can see what you need to see and be where you need to be.
He's going to give you dry ground to stand on. God was preparing for life to exist back then. And he wants to prepare your life, the soil of your life, for life to exist right now. This is what his word does. It brings you life. The question really is, are you accepting the opportunities for life that God is bringing into you? You got to remember, when you make decisions about your calendar and your checkbook and your checkbook and your schedule and all that kind of stuff, every yes is a no to something else. And so you got to say yes to the right things, no to the right things. Because why? Because you're the only one that God, or you are the, as a human being, you're the only thing that God gave the ability to choose. Matthew 7, Jesus says it like this in verse 24. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it. So what would another word for teaching be? His word. We've been talking about that all day. Whoever listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. The solid rock would never have been there unless God spoke it into being. And so though the rain comes in torrents, you know, the waters are going to come. That's what the whole series is about. And the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house. It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Love it. The waters are going to come. Things are going to happen. But if you choose to build your life on God's word, if you choose to leave the tent behind, to go home to a relationship with Jesus, get out of the places that are not built on a good foundation, get out of the bad relationships, get out of the, the, the people that are speaking untrue things into your life, and build your life on God's word again. Get out of the schedule that prioritizes everything else in this world over your relationship with Christ and put him back in the center. Do whatever you have to do to say yes to God's word so that the right things can appear. The only reason, church, that that throughout this series we're gonna see that we're able to go through the waters is because of his word. The bedrock, the foundation for our life. And so our first step, and this is really what it all boils down to today, is that when we're headed through the waters, The first step is submitting our lives to his word. We, especially as as Americans, we don't like the word submit. We don't. We don't like the word surrender. We don't like to just say, God, not my will. Why? Because we got dreams, we got plans, and that's okay. But as long as I submit them to his lordship. And so if you could bow your heads and close your eyes today, if there's somebody here that you say, Joe, for the first time in my life, I want to submit my life to God's Lordship. I want to submit my life to his word. And this first step is just for those who have never done this before. You, you've not invited Christ into your life before, but today's the day. You've been kicking the tires. You've been thinking about it. You, God's Holy Spirit has been drawing you and convicting you. And, and you've gotten to this place where you realize I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And the first step is to say that, God, I need you, and I'm gonna submit my life to your word and your way. And you can do this if you're you're at home online today, wherever you are. You don't have to be in church to do this. You can say yes to Jesus. And so if that's you today and you'd like to say yes and make Jesus your Lord and Savior, if that's you, raise your hand. I wanna pray with you today.
See, that's me, Joe. That's me. I want to give my life to Christ and make him my Lord and my Savior. Amen. If you raised your hand today, I want to encourage you to just pray a prayer just like this. And you can pray right along with me as I pray. God, I'm a sinner. I realize my need for you. And right now in this moment, I invite you to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. And I believe your word still has the same power in my life that it had at the beginning of creation. And that you could take my life that's formless and dark and empty and you can speak something new into my life. You can bring change, you can bring healing, you can bring forgiveness, you can take my guilt and my shame away. And so I put my faith and my trust in you. Help me to understand your word, help me to live by it, help me to put you first the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, can we give those a hand that gave their lives to Christ today? Amen. If you're here today, uh, this is the second challenge. And you've been following Jesus. Uh, Maybe you've been going to church for a long time. But it's time for a renewed commitment to God's word. You're going to dig in. You're going to apply like never before. You're going to make it the sole foundation and guiding light in your life. And you just want to say, Joe, that's me. Well, as I close this, as I pray a closing prayer um, over the message and uh, before Josiah comes and gives some announcements, if that's you, let's pray together. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. God, I, we just submit our lives to your word fresh and anew again. God, somehow along the way, uh, things have gotten a little squirrely and maybe we've just lost focus a little bit, but we want to come back to the fact that your word brings power. God, your word brings life. God, without your words that bring eternal life, where would we be? We've got nowhere else to go. We've decided to follow you, Jesus. And so we lean into you today. Let it be the foundation of our homes, the foundation of our life, everything that we do. We trust you. And we believe that you really are who you say you are and that your word really will accomplish what you say it can in our life. And so help us, Jesus, to trust you and to build our lives in the foundation of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.